Hello and welcome to the Practical Leadership Podcast, where I interview great leaders and try to extract their wisdom and experience for you to learn from and hopefully avoid making their mistakes. Check out practical-leadership.academy because you want to help your new managers succeed with hybrid or remote working. Michael Schippers, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you are currently the CEO of Sana Commerce. You've been in B2B e-commerce for about 20 odd years. Sana Commerce is from what, 2007, about 15 years on. And you're busy leading the team of about 500 people in goodness knows how many countries, except that you're not. Because you're on sabbatical. Exactly. What's that all about? Yeah. How do you go about taking a holiday? A what? A sabbatical? What does that mean? Yeah, good question. Um, I asked myself about a year ago the question, like, how how long do I still want to be the CEO of Sana? And the answer that came to me said, hey, let's do it one more year and then uh, find someone to take over. So I've been basically with the same company for 23 years. So I started when I was just 18 years old at this company and that eventually transitioned into Sana Commerce. And that, you know, I've been running that company for, for let's say, 12, 13 years or something. So, um, yeah, I felt I needed a break. So uh, here I am. Fabulous. Do you have any exciting plans? What are you doing? No, not not yet. It's only week three. So I said I'm not making any plans. I would just like keep my calendar open and just see see what happens. Well, I will be doing some traveling with my family. So I'm really looking forward to that uh, after summer, I think. so. Uh, but until that time, I'll just I'll just keep things open. That's marvelous. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful example as well. We can all aspire to that. So, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think it's good for um, founders, CEOs who have been running the business for a long time to to take a break. And actually, I was interviewing for my successor, and I spoke to multiple great candidates, and they confirmed for me actually it was very good not just for me but also for the company to to bring in someone new with fresh energy fresh ideas who has been exposed to a lot of different companies uh so i felt more and more confident about taking this step not just for myself but also for the business there's an, an interesting edge to that i mean i work with lots of different startups and i've had the the, the pleasure the challenge the interest of working directly for quite a few entrepreneurial CEOs, people that almost like yourself have been brought up in the one company. So they're 22 at a business school, start a company, and they've never been brought up properly. Mm. They've never been told or taught how you can and cannot manage people. And typically they're absolutely shit at it. And they bring me in to be this at the guardian angel around their teams and stop them. It's not abusing their teams. That's horrible. These wonderful people I've worked with. But just to, to help them to temper their approach yeah. and to sort of tone that down. But you've been working in Sana and its predecessors 23 years. Your journey to being a people manager is quite interesting because the first person who gave you that job was a very interesting person with great experience himself. And you must have mm-hmm. a lot. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah, sure. So um, when I so I started working for this company when I was just eighteen years old, and um, there was um, uh, this company was like thirty people was in the in the midst of the dot com bubble, 
Um, and um, the person that brought me in was the founder of the business. Uh, his, his name is uh, Jan Kessiager, and he um, he hired me. And, and from day one, he gave me a lot of responsibility. Even though I was just working there part time, like two days a week, he was giving me a lot of responsibility and 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 um, uh, just letting me find out what I could and couldn't do. A lot of freedom there. And um, uh, so for six years, I studied at uh, the university here in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Uh, and in these six years, I also had this part-time job and I had him as my mentor. Um, and, um, um, and and the interesting thing happened when, um, uh, so I, I worked for six years as a part-time job. Then in 2005, I graduated. And after being two years in a full-time job for the same company, um, he left and he went into politics. So he became the state secretary of finance in the Netherlands. He later became on the minister of finance in the Netherlands. Uh, he became the CFO of KPN, uh, the, the largest uh, telco in the Netherlands. Um, so uh, yeah, he he was already someone with with a lot of uh, talent, a lot of knowledge, experience, and he really taught me a lot from day one. And he really. Uh, allowed me to to uh, make a lot of mistakes uh, throughout these years, but uh, he was always pushing me. He said, "Oh, uh, if you you know just just give it a try, right? Right? Just just go for it." And even if I thought in some cases like, "Hey, but this is not something that I think I can do," he said, "Well, well, uh, just give it a try and see how it goes." And in many many situations, it went actually quite well. So, for instance, I recall uh, that one time, um, I, I think I worked for the company just like two years. So I was 20 years old. I was working there part-time and um, there was a team of system administrators and their manager left. They left they left the company. So the team was out without a manager and um, uh, Jan felt none of the people on the team was able to manage that team. So um, at some point he said, you know, uh, Michiel, can you maybe take over the team? And I thought he was joking. Uh, I really thought because, like I said, I was just working part time, just two days a week. And this was a a, a team of full time people, very experienced uh, system administrators. Um, and I had no experience in system administration. Uh, I thought he was joking, but he wasn't. Uh, so that's what I did for I think about a year or something until we hired uh, externally uh, a manager for the team. Um, I managed that team, and um, I learned a lot, and it went. Went pretty pretty well, I must say. Have you ever put anybody else in a similar position? Yes, yes. I it's for me like I, I you know I I enjoyed this so much that I have made that part of my management practice to you know uh, how do you say that uh, throw people in on the deep end? Is that how you say it? Like yeah, totally. and let's see how to go. And uh, yeah, fun. yeah, at first. Sink or swim. And, uh, I've I've done it m m multiple times. Uh, um, uh, where uh, you know people got a lot of experience because I felt they were um, they were up for it. They were capable of doing it. Even in some cases, they um, uh, they didn't know that themselves. Um, so um, I, I remember a couple of years ago we were building a new product basically within the Sun Commerce team, um, and uh, I asked. I had also uh, someone just doing the research what that product should actually. Uh, uh, B, and then when the research was done, I, I asked him like, "Hey, why, why um, could you please set up, build a product, basically, ha you know, uh, build your team, and together with the team build a product, and you lead that team?" And he was like, "Oh, um, yeah. Do you think I 
do you think I can do that? I said, yes, I think so. Uh, and if not, we'll find that as well and we'll try to help you. And uh, what's the worst that can happen? Um, so, um, yeah, I think that's one of the, the the fun things and great things of being a startup scale up that you can feel fast and you can, you can do a lot of these things. And even if things go wrong, they will not have a huge impact on, you know, on, on, on a lot of people or on the business. Um, so you can still, um, you know, uh, do those kind of things. I think one of the, one of the most powerful things you can hear from anyone, especially your manager, is, "I believe you can do this." Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And one of yeah, it's also one of the things I've learned. If you, and it's not just with pushing people to go beyond what they think themselves they can do. Um, it's also if you give them something to live up to, um, something you see in them. In general, they will you know, start to believe in it themselves and they want to live up to that expectations, right? Uh, so if I tell someone like, hey, you are, I think you're a great manager um, and they'll start to think about themselves like, hey, maybe I am a great manager. I want to be a great manager. I want to live up to the expectation of you that I am a great manager, right? So it's, um, yeah, it works works in multiple uh, multiple ways, but I, I've seen it work so well and, and some of the... Um, most senior managers that we have in our company, they they really started also uh, when they just, even when they were still in school or when they just finished school and they got responsibility early on and they enjoyed it a lot and they excelled at it and they grew, grew, grew throughout the ranks. Um, so there, there are a lot of examples of that in uh, in our business. Um, and I, you could say that everything started with me getting in that you know position when I was just 18 years old and working part-time and, and being pushed out of my comfort zone. And, and I've always felt that I want to pay that forward. So you've carried that almost as a red thread. It's taking talent where you find it and making them work harder than they thought they could. Yeah, not just not just harder because that might have a negative connotation, yes, yes. but giving them more yes, challenge. Yes. Like, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Like like really uh, challenging them. And, and and to be honest, it, it doesn't, it's not that it always works, right? I also have examples where people came after me, like after, let's say, a couple of months, half a year, maybe a year, and say, it's it's overwhelming. I don't feel this is the right environment for me. Uh, I, I would like to have more structure. I need somebody who will give me a plan on this this is step one step two step three and and that's maybe the 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 downside of my management style so i like to push people give them a lot of responsibility um of course coach coach them but in the end i need people around me that are uh, kind of self-starter that that don't need me to uh create uh or lay out this roadmap for them on the different steps that they need to take and and i've also had people come to me and say hey uh, this is not for me I, i'm looking for a company with more structure and somebody who does a little bit more handholding and that's fine so it's not only um uh, only a great story of successes to be honest there's um it's, it's something that the special forces use sometimes as well and I've, I've read a few books about this, and it's that they tell the teams that they are elite. You are an elite team, and exactly yeah. as you said, they you then want to live up to that to live up to the reputation. There's nothing like living up to your reputation to to stretch yeah. you. And yeah. Equally, I think almost. And I had some great advice once: was try and find twenty percent of your time. That's something I do when I coach and consult people: is always try and find twenty percent of your time extra, and you find it by delegating. So yep. it's delegating stuff that should be delegated, which is stuff that you shouldn't be doing and somebody else could do better. Yeah. And stuff that could be delegated that would challenge somebody else to help them to grow. 
And then finding that balance for yourself is how much is too much. And the advice I got was, if you are not sitting on the edge of your seat going, holy crap, I'm a bit worried about this, then it's not enough. If you're not uncomfortable with the... With with the power that you've delegated, with the tasks that you've delegated. And it's like Ronald Reagan's thing. You know, you trust. You verify, but you trust. Yeah. Do you mean on, you the, on the giving do you mean on the giving end that you're on the on the edge of your seat or on the both. receiving end? Yeah, yeah, both. both. Yeah, no, I would say both. the same. I would say the same, like like uh indeed. You will just de- if you think it's possible, delegate and then but also, like you say, uh, check in and make sure that that if things go completely off the rails, that you can um, uh, manage that. But uh, so yes, uh, if you can delegate, uh, but also on the receiving end, what I like is, I think we say it in Dutch, is you have to walk on your toes, stand on your toes to make it make it happen, right? And and there are multiple effects. I think people grow faster, as, especially the people that like to have a lot of challenges, they grow faster. Uh, but they're all also more likely to stick around in my experience. So um, um, also now for my successor, I had multiple options. And um, uh, one option was maybe very experienced and, and this person could easily do the job. Uh, but then I'm, I, I would be wondering like after one, two, three years, will this person still be engaged and 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 uh, challenged by the job, right? Uh, and on the other hand, I had someone who didn't have this exact position before, but I thought that uh, this person could do it. Uh, and then I know if he or she takes this role and uh, has to, you know, stand on their toes, like I'm saying, or have to sit at their edge of their seat, like you're saying, um, they will, um, they're more likely, I think, to, to, um, enjoy the journey and to to stay around. I think that's that's a big part of the the idea of the tour of duty. So when you're hiring people, yeah. you're, you're not hiring anyone for a job for life, uh, yeah. apart from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. gets hired for a job <laughs> no, for life. Yeah. And, and, half, honestly, half a life. Yeah. Half a life, <laughs> half a life. There you go. Well, you're on sabbatical now. Retirement's yeah. next, huh? Yeah. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. But I mean, there, there's an entirely different conversation about maybe we should yeah. go back to hiring yeah. jobs for yeah. life. Maybe we should. Organizations yeah, yeah. shouldn't be thinking, oh, I'm going to sell and exit in three years, I'm done. Boom. Yeah. Oh. I don't like that either. Um, and I like the concept of the tour of duty. I, I, I read the book from uh, the, the LinkedIn founder that wrote about tour of duties yeah. indeed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it's a good concept. And, um, and, and that's also what we always try to do with hiring at least to to align on okay what's our horizon right mm-hmm. is it three years four five years and but yeah of course it's um uh maybe a candidate during the interview process will say oh i'm looking for three to four four five years but then if something else comes by some people are more likely to to uh jump ship uh so it's a hard part but i like i like the whole concept of that mm-hmm. But and and indeed, like he writes in the book, it has to, has to come both ways, right? Okay. Uh, so yeah, you uh, have to mutually agree on that and that term and make it make it work and make sure that this person it will continue to grow within this uh, specific uh, um, time is that is set for the tour of duty. I think if you're, if you're recognizing honestly with somebody that it's going to take you a year to get well, basically to find out where the coffee machine is. It's yeah. going to take you year two is where I want you to really make an impact. Three is you are sailing, and three and four is where you're preparing for the next role. Yeah. And four onwards, ideally, it's in a new role within the company. But if it's not, yeah. then bless you, have may, may the wind be fair at your back. And uh, good I luck. Agree, agree, fully agree. And I, I, I'm always so. 
um, how do you say that? Um, I don't believe the people that send resumes and they say, oh, I worked for one and a half years and make this impact and I did, did, did this. And I I don't believe that. Like, like, like what you're saying, um, okay. I've never seen anyone make so much or a lot of impact or within one and a half years. It, like you said, it takes time mm-hmm. to, to, to build things up, to get to know the company, to build your team and to get things running and then to really see the results of that. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think that, that, that concept works, but it's, it's hard. It's not easy to find the people that have that mindset. Um, uh, yeah. And if you, if you scan through resumes and you see how many of those consist of, um, you know, 10 years of like one and a half, two, two and a half max years, if you have to filter them all out there, there are a few candidates left to be honest. It's a challenge. I mean, in one hand, in, in one hand, you see a lot of younger people now with, the 18 month tenures in different roles. And part of me says, well, that's 18 months not found out. Right? Yeah. You've been there for yeah. 18 months. And after 12 months, they said, you're not quite right. We're going to give you a chance. Three months then, nah, yeah. we really need to double down. Three months after that, good night, goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really hard not to look at it like that. Maybe, maybe it's my age and background and whatever, but. Yeah, I agree. It's hard. No, I agree. It's uh, but it's how it works. But it makes it tough to to of course uh, grow a business mm-hmm. because people that are leaving after eighteen months is, have have not contributed a lot. So uh, only yeah. costing time and money. Yeah, and they, they take all of that in, that um, institutional knowledge with them that they've gathered over eighteen yeah. months. They're, they're only yeah. just and, and the relationships they have built yeah. inside outside the company. They're all trust. Really, yeah. Yeah. If, if we go back to your idea of you're, you're, you're picking people to push, how do you, and I'm looking for the how-to here, right? Yeah. Who do you pick? What's the sort of the characteristics you're looking for when you're looking to choose someone to promote, to push, to? It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's new, but you, uh, you, uh, we, I want people with a learning mindset. So what we always do in the interview process, and I would recommend any company to do, is to at, in, include at least one part we call it a business case. So it depends on what kind of role you will be in. Um, we ask you to prepare something. And if you are like in sales, we will do a role play as a business case. If you are in a, I don't know, in a, in a more strategic role, we'll give you a more strategic assignment that you have to go through. And then we want to see how you actually uh, perform in that specific situation. And that's very relevant. And you get, you know, sometimes we have, Great candidates, we think in the in the early stage, and we're like, "Wow, this is the best candidate ever!" And then they totally mess up the business case, and we're so happy that we 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 had that that as part of the um, interview yeah. process. But uh, in relation to your question, it's even just as relevant to see how they deal with feedback. So, of course, after they deal the business case, we tell them like, "Hey, this went well." This went... and how they respond tells us a lot about their learning mindset are they like eager to learn more about the feedback are they how are they taking it are they or do they become def- defensive and that tells us a lot because um and, and and typically of course we hire the people that are very open to feedback to want to get no want to want to improve that are happy to get the feedback and um in relation to your question um uh, if you want to pe- pe- put people in a position where they have um they get a lot more uh, get a lot of responsibility compared to the experience they have had before. You want them to be coachable and you want them to get feedback, not just from their manager, but also from their peers. 
Um, and um, so to have that mindset, to not just listen to managers, but also listen to peers and, and to people in their teams and to to be looking for that feedback to improve their game, that's that's absolutely crucial, I think, for putting people in, uh, in, 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 um, in such uh, or pushing people outside of their comfort zones. So you use the information you've had, the knowledge you've gained through the original recruitment process, and then everything you've seen about them during their tenure up to that point. So, well, if we don't, if if they don't deal with feedback in the right way during yeah. the business case process, we don't hire them. Yeah. So I think that's one of the ways to get people in, bring people into the company that have this learning mindset. And that even if they're in a job that is hard for them, that they're challenged, that they they will fail at certain points, they will quickly gather the feedback from the people around them to improve. And that's how they can perform uh, or quickly adapt to the new situation and learn and grow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing like taking on a team or beginning to be a manager for A, doubling your workload. And yes, having to learn. Yeah, and then then it's key if 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 your manager tells you like, hey, you need to get better at delegating, or you and and not to be defensive or not feel mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not performing well. Yeah. To but to grab that with both hands, say, hey, that's great information. I want to learn. Please tell me more. How can I how can I delegate more? And 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 that makes all the difference, um, exactly. especially if you're early stage early in your career. I was was it uh, hiring the right person? eliminates 85 percent of your people problem uh, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah i mean those are uh of course uh, uh there's so many people who, who who tell this story and uh but i can say myself is absolutely and that's also why it makes sense to spend more time in the hiring process to be well not 100 sure you will never be i've i've hired maybe a thousand people maybe more in in my tenure and i Still, even in my last years, I've I've done mishire. So, uh, but uh, in general, to spend more time to be more certain about a hire definitely pays off, especially if they're uh, in a manager position. And we had someone for people that we hired as managers or that we promoted internally as managers. We had an internal business coach, someone that we really trust to make that assessment. Uh, and every time we didn't listen to her, we regretted it. Uh, so um, uh, yeah, so um, to, because this is so key, and 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 indeed, if you hire the right people, resolve eighty-five percent of your people problem. Well, those people problems, if you hire the wrong manager, will be you know five to ten times bigger because you'll have problems with all the people that that are in his or her team, and also in the future, uh, in in the new people that that he or she will hire. So, so we have had that before, and the manager was gone, and the team was there. But then, you know, also the team wasn't good. So we were a mess now. Yeah, yeah. We we had this heritage that that we need to deal with. So, uh, yeah, if you want to scale a company, you uh, you need to bring the right people on board, but especially the right managers. Yeah, yeah. It's I think um, learning to hire well is a is a great skill. But like like you, I mean, I've made any number of mishires. I mean, I, I'm terrible about falling in love with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love at first sight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's totally. Oh my God, what is he doing in the bathroom? And he's doing a line yeah. of coke or something. God. Oh, oh yeah. God. That's <laughs> why I was that, so but, excited. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Energetic. No, yeah, that's a good one. But there. Uh, so, if I could give your audience like two very concrete tips, that would be in the hiring process. Do an assessment where you take, you know, just take something from a day-to-day, -day, the day-to-day job. And give it to them, and let and let them see how they perform. 
Um, and second, um, uh, find someone who you can really trust internally or externally to make the judgment or is this a manager or not? So that's typically like more like an AR, uh, HR coaching kind of person that is able to, to you know, our, our business coach does that with role playing. Uh, to get to f- also to feel how they will respond to certain situations, and um, yeah, that's um, that. Those two tips, I think, I would give any any anyone uh, looking to grow the team. I totally back them up. I had a wonderful, wonderful woman called Teresa Teresa Wood. And if you're listening, Teresa, how you doing? We should have a cup of tea. Um, Teresa had just the most phenomenal sense of people. You know, she yeah. she, she was almost like she would smell yeah. them out and say, "No, yeah. don't go near them." Yeah. Don't go there. Don't go there. Yeah. And um, yeah. And like I said, if you make the mistake there, you you're you're in trouble. And uh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great to if you if you have such a person that you can rely on, it's uh, very valuable. That's great. So was there an event or was there a mistake that perhaps taught you the most in your career? Um yeah, the most is always putting a lot of pressure, but um um uh, what i've learned is um um i am i am someone who who didn't experience a lot of hierarchy before when i was younger i was like i said i was working with young case when i was just 18 years old and it always felt like i could go to him for anything and we could joke around and and about all sorts of things um but i started to notice as our business was growing um that people felt hierarchy and I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't feel it. I don't see it. I'm not sensitive to it, That's but it's you're there. You're the boss. You're the boss. Of exactly. You don't feel it. We exactly. don't have any politics or hierarchy, he says, from his yeah. ivory tower <laughs> on your private jet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I was, you know, even, you know, for most of the years, I've always sit, been sitting on the same floor with everybody. So there's no cubicles, there's no walls, everybody sitting, but still it's, it's there. Right. And um, that's something that I had to learn. So I could, for instance, be at a, at a Friday afternoon drink in the company and I could make a joke about uh, someone. Uh, oh, but we're not going to extend your contract anyway. Ha, 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 ha. And the person was like also laughing like, ha, ha, ha. And then uh, the next day or next Monday, sitting with HR and saying like, uh, am I getting fired? And I'm like, and I heard that like, I went up and yeah, I'm a, it's a joke. We're just, and but because... Yo, um, he felt like you know it's it's not that I how I felt about it that 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 he felt about it. I think there is many multiple instances, and over time I had to learn how people uh, look at or looked at me in that position, and that I have to be more careful with uh, my words, but also with my actions. And also, you know, one coach once told me like everyone in the office knows what you're wearing. I was like serious yeah everybody knows it because they all their eyes are on you right even if you don't experience that yourself so i've become much more uh aware of of my position how people look at me more careful with things not just the jokes but also with other things and kind of the yeah what you uh what you signal and and in addition to that uh i've always also start uh, in yeah in, in in addition to that i noticed or i came to learn that if people come to me with feedback that they have to go probably over a pretty big hurdle. So one thing I did, I, I, I invited people to give feedback and they said, okay, let's have a meeting. I want to know or send me an email, whatever comfortable for you and, and tell me what you see about, you know, how I perform and what I could do better. Um, so that was helping a bit, but um, 
it also um uh, what i learned about it is also that if people comes to me with feedback um it's a big deal for them and early on i would say oh i i had one 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 person i was managing coming to me and say hey you always drop new ideas on my plate when we have our one-on-ones you always oh did you think about that did you think about that did you think about that please uh, and he, he said i'm so overwhelmed by that all those ideas that you have could you please stop dropping new ideas every one-on-one uh and of course it was great feedback and of course i but um he uh, and i stopped doing it um but l- only later on i noticed actually what a big deal that was for him i thought it was something like hey we can improve in a relationship can you s- please stop doing that but he was you know maybe that's a little bit exaggerated but on the verge of of you know a burnout for instance mm. um because i was so overwhelming and i wasn't one i wasn't aware of it and second when i got this feedback i thought like hey on a 10 point scale this is a three to four issue and it was actually an eight to nine issue if you know what in terms of intensity <laughs> and and um i think that that's one of the things i learned a lot from is like yeah the impact that you're having is a much much bigger than you uh think and 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 because of the hierarchy that I don't see, but it's there, uh, people will not easily go up to you. So if they take the step to address it with you, it's a much bigger issue and it deserves that kind of attention. Uh, uh, and, and that yeah, was very insightful for me. For me. Yeah. I mean, ha- trying to build, and you're talking about having a learning mindset there. I mean, trying to build a, a culture of continuous improvement, which is kind of, a, kind of an RC way of saying, basically, you always want to get better at everything you do. Yeah, of course. It's... Yeah coming from the boss, whatever yeah. level you are in the boss, but coming from the boss saying, can I have some feedback? How yeah. did we do in this? How did this thing, you know, an after action review for this call, this presentation, this whatever it was, what went well, what would be even better if, and what about me? And nobody yeah. ever gives me feedback. Would you give me some, please? And you yeah. make a point of it. Because if you do it, they'll do they it. They will do it. They 100%. do it. Everybody does it. All of a sudden, it becomes normal. Yeah. So it kind of takes the sting out of the feedback hurdle it takes to give you. Giving your boss feedback, really? Hey, uh, Michael, you know when that call you there, you you made this really rude joke and it made me embarrassed or whatever it was. And you're thinking, oops. Oops, yeah. And then how you deal with that is also sends a very strong signal. So, yeah, no, fully agree. Fully agree. And, um, yeah, I think we have succeeded at that building that culture of where people want to constantly improve and where people mm-hmm. are comfortable with giving each other feedback but it's something that you need to keep feeding the machine right? you need to keep doing that um never because done. otherwise you might lose it you're never done no it's mm-hmm. never 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 finished no. so you're working on a sabbatical right now yeah <laughs> are you reading you're listening are you just chilling out yeah, reading. Uh, I had a lot of books that I didn't um, get to um, uh, because I, I always like to read, but there were always new ideas of books that I should read coming in faster that I than I could process them. Uh, but now I'm kind of like, I picked up a couple of books. I'm not sure in which direction my interest goes. So in the past, it would be all about running a business, improving business, and and, and getting topics for there from from that. But I'm not sure if that's the uh, the mindset I'm in right now. So I'm I'm kind of I picked up a few books, and after a couple of chapters, I'm like mm, maybe later. Uh, so I'm still figuring out. There's um I'm gonna make two recommendations for you, by the way, right? Good. But like I've it. got I've got. A lovely couple of ideas around books because I'm surrounded by books here, and I, I absolutely 
I live to read and to absorb information and to enjoy it. And you try to take things on board and you read something and it goes, oh, this is fabulous. It's going to change my life straight out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to capture it and then do something with it or speak about it or write about it. One of these things. You've got to either do something, write about it or or speak about it. You know, that's the thing. There's a lovely Japanese word I believe is correct. I may well be wrong. It's called sonduko. Dunduko is the pile of unread books. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And somebody else introduced me to this concept of fine wine. Now, mm. don't get me wrong, I do like a glass of wine, but mm. you should consider your bookshelf full of unread books in some cases as just the right book waiting for just the right, the right moment in your yeah. life. So you're not going to drink all the wine that comes into your house. Oh my God, I'd be dead. But you want to go to your shelf and pull out just the perfect bottle for the perfect moment, mm. the perfect book. I like that analogy. Perfect yeah. moment, so you can go and select just the right thing. So that's I, I like that, Michael. What would you like to thank young Michael for do, having done? Yeah, it brings me back. I think to what we discussed earlier, to having that learning mindset and that openness to. Uh, to feedback, or even if it sometimes hurt a little. Um, also, because like, for instance, all every time when uh, an employee leaves the business, we've always had HR do an interview with him or her and go through the different steps. And uh, and it wasn't always easy to read them, especially people are like brutally honest. They, they were giving us feedback that they normally uh, never gave us. And, and sometimes it hurt it, but it, it it allowed me, I think, to get there, see through their perspective how our company was working and what could be improved. Uh, so I'm very happy that I've always continued to to read those things, to to sometimes speak to those people afterwards. Say, hey, give me the feedback. Can you can you elaborate on that? Um, to to continue to ask for feedback because always also because I started doing it. I think when I was rather young, um, it it made me more and more comfortable. Uh, with it over the years. So yeah, I'm happy that I've done that because it it, it has, uh, at one hand, I've learned a lot from it. And then the other hand, it has built my um, uh, habit um, uh, of, you know, continuously looking for feedback and then and, and, uh, making that part of my routine. That's what I was looking for. Wonderful. And lastly, just as we wrap up, where can people find you? Let's say they want to come and work with you you want to get in touch with you? Uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. So uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Um, I think that's the easiest way to, to connect. Great. Michael Supos, thank you very much indeed for joining. Yeah, it was a nice meeting with you. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Martin. Good luck. Uh, Paul, good luck. That's a wrap. Thank you for joining me today. Your homework is to leave your five-star review and please, any comments you have, you really help me to improve every day. And it also helps people to discover me online. You should check out practical-leadership.academy because you want to help your new managers succeed with hybrid or remote working.